everybody and welcome to another tale podcast i am soul wisp and i'm joined by rezzy we are here to do a news podcast share some uh news about the fandom what's going on in the community and some other things maybe is there anything you want to say uh i'm here and i don't know what i'm doing so bear with me (laughs) i don't do podcasts yep it's our first podcast, so please bear with us. <laughs> uh, let's see. The news that we have for today is uh, there's a new convention, newer convention, brand new. Was it brand it's new brand this new. year? Yeah, brand new this, this year. year um, called GSFC or Golden State Furcon in Southern California. Uh, we have some new information regarding Dutch Angel Dragons and some rumors about um, the way Midwest Fur Fest might handle hotel rooms this year. Those are just rumors, so we can't confirm that. Uh, let's get into the first thing. Let's go with the uh, probably the biggest one out of all of them is the Dutch Angel Dragons. Eno has removed the muzzle ring rule. Yeah, it's... <laughs> I'm so bad at this. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> shocking, honestly. Nobody was ever expecting that rule to drop. But at the same time, she just she just decided that there's no need for it anymore because she's learned over time that telephone's going to be unique no matter what. But she also invented a way to implement it into the lore behind the duchies. So if you're behind all the lore and you're all about that lore, don't worry. She figured it out. So, yeah, tons tons of people who were making just regular angel dragons because they couldn't have muzzle rings are aesthetically pleased, including a couple people that I know who made muzzle ringed angel dragons only to have to change them because they couldn't, um, <laughs> word, sorry. <laughs> Do you think that this is going to cause a huge influx of either A, new Dutch Angel Dragon characters, or B, <coughs> um, a lot of people changing their existing duchy to have a ring on the muzzle? Oh, there's already people who are adding muzzle rings to their duchies, and there's already people who have regular Angel Dragons that had muzzle rings that are... Now considered a duchy. Dutch Angel Dragons, because they wanted to be a duchy, but with that guideline in place, the design they had didn't work. But they didn't want to tick off the Dutch Angel Dragon community because, dude, them them people's got some fangs when they want to. <laughs> right, uh, and that's the only thing that Eno had changed. Yeah, right? nothing. That's the only nothing else has changed as of yet. That was the biggest criticism, though, of her guidelines. Um, the only one that seconds that is the whole Dutch Angel Dragons being asexual. But I don't think that one's ever gonna change. Because that's way too tied into the lore. Well, it's not so much even asexual. It's it's lack of any genitalia well, the, the as well, re- isn't it? Right. Oh, the reason... Jeez, I am so sorry. My phone was on. <laughs> We're doing great. <laughs> yeah. Um, the only reason why Dutch Angel Dragons are listed as asexual is because of their lack of organs, which is why you can't get NSFW art. So a lot of it is just because of that, but I still don't think that it's going to change anytime soon with that rule, but the most highly criticized rule has been changed. Right. Um, 
do you think this will make them more popular, you know, kind of easing up on the rules? Because I, don't I know think... I was one of the people that criticized the Dutch Angel Dragon species. I'm like, you they're still so. Do. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't as much as I used to, but no, I was like, I don't understand my, it. And... Because you fell in love with Celeste. And now I, you I do can't, love Celeste. You can't, you can't judge it now because you've seen me. But also, I now just understand it more, too. Right, first, because of the whole wispins now, and now you understand why guidelines for a species is important. Well, it was even before the wispins <laughs> became a thing. Right, but no, I don't think it's going to increase popularity. I mean, a lot of people already know they exist, so right. I don't think the popularity is going to change, because even the people that criticized that rule were still talking about the duchies, so I don't think that's really going to change much of anything regarding popularity, but it will definitely influx more Dutch Angel Dragons with that rule changed and that high criticism going down. But the main thing about it was just the critique of the species because of it. Right, right. Um, so do you think any more changes are going to come? Concerning the duchies From the duchies, I don't think so. I don't think anything else really can be changed. Because like I said, the only other highly criticized rule was not being able to get NSFW art. But I don't think that one's ever going to change with Inu. I mean, maybe she might have a change of heart and be like, okay, well, you can, but it's not going to be considered canon or maybe something like that. But I don't think she's ever going to light up on her ban of the NSFW art. Not that she can really do much about it <laughs> but you know people are always going to break the rules of the species regardless because we still had angel dragons even back then that um still did muzzle rings regardless they didn't care but it, it's something you just got to be courteous with people and their species guidelines because the whole reason they exist is to define what that species is regardless of how stupid the rules are because mannequins sure are a thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Oh, the mannequins. I love them to death, but their guidelines are wow. Coconut babies. The coconut babies. All I'm going to say on that one. <laughs> the coconut babies are my favorite part. Um, Let's see. The next news we have is uh the new furcon over in southern california golden state furcon or gsfc it was their first year this year yeah and it um, really took that convention by storm yeah I you got, said you had some stats on it yeah what, i got uh, the statistics we got, we got 1230 attendees including 232 in their fursuit parade alone wow so that's that's like pretty much the size of mcfc yeah in their first home, year uh, Motor City Furcon, in their, in their first year, they got pretty much the same as MCFC. I've seen tons of photos on Instagram, and even Mischief Makers went. I was pretty shocked. Even Foxes and Peppers went. When was it? Um, it was, was it? April 17th through the 19th. So, so a weekend after MCFC, MCFC. right. And then, man, we got FWA coming up, too. Yeah, Holy crap. so that's that another... shoves a lot of cons within, like, a month of right, each other. Right, but the Southern Californian furs are really happy yeah. about this one. There's and then a there's lot BLFC shortly after FWA. Yeah, no kidding. We got a lot of cons that are getting crammed in. And I also have their charity numbers right here. 
They have a they raised eleven thousand two hundred forty two dollars for. I'm probably gonna butcher this. Sorry. The Judith Abassett Candid Education and Conservation Center. I'm just gonna pretend like I know what that is. <laughs> what is it? Let me see what we got here. But Let's that's see. a number. <laughs> that sure is a number. That's quite a lot of money. And only their first year. We're just gonna. I'm just gonna keep on talking here. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, it, it's always nice to see new uh, conventions that pop up. It gives the furry community, you know, more places to express themselves. And it's wonderful, too, that another outlet for charity. Charities are always such a huge part of the furry community. And it's awesome to see people give back. No, I'm not going to lie. There's not a very many. I have, like, a list right here of, like, areas of where conventions are. We got some in the west, the south, the midwest, but, like, nowhere in the north or east. There's a northeast, but not really, like, a general east. Yeah, I don't think, like, the east coast really has. Yeah, they don't really have any conventions, yeah. according to this. Come on, eastern furries. Come let's on, New get England. Your, yeah, let's get your stuff together, man. If, if anybody makes one for Maine, I will do everything in my power to go there. I he will really give wants up to go to like Maine. <laughs> any other con to go there. He really he likes Maine. Give me that seafood. Give me that lobster. You, you, Indio. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but yeah, there's. I was more shocked to see Mischief Makers show up at that con because I don't really hear them go to many conventions. Not like Lemon Brad. They're everywhere. But I was shocked to see Mischief themselves go. And Pepper. Pepper was in suit yeah. and everything. He had a lot of suit pictures. I barely see him suit up. Did it say, um... Or not did it say, but... Yeah, I guess, like, who the counters were. Were they um, anybody that you recognized? Anybody that's headed any other former conventions? That's a great question that I wasn't quite prepared for. Oh, it because... even says right here that their special... Oh, their guests of honor were... Musician or artist plucks musicians Foxamore and Pepper Coyote and the building fursuit maker mischief makers. They oh, were so guests mischief of honor. Maker was a guest of honor. I that would explain why they showed up. <laughs> Man, foxes and peppers are guests of honor at so many conventions now because everybody loves them. They're great. Everybody loves them. They tend to raise a lot of money during their charity oh, yeah, definitely. concerts. I remember yeah, I last year at um, Midwest Fur Fest, they raised like $11,000 during their uh, After Dark concert. Yeah, I unfortunately I unfortunately do not see anything on here about who the concert was. Okay. There's not a lot of information out on the con yet. Not a lot of information. I wonder how it went with it, with that being the first convention and having that many people. Like, oh, I know. I feel I like a imagine. lot of first conventions and, you know, even two three four five years you know not having that many people oh, i try I to think of mcfc and, and mff and how little they started yeah how <laughs> tiny they started well i mean mcfc is still kind of there like mm, it, it's growing it's getting bigger and bigger yeah, i was shocked to see majira strawberry show up that's not somebody i was ever expecting to show up at our tiny ass little con <laughs> right and kiwi fox and geez who else showed up that I was not expecting at all. I don't know. You saw the outlet bats. Oh, yeah. The outlet bats. I love them. <laughs> Short circuit bats. I love you guys. <laughs> Let's see. On to our next bit of news. Uh, we have MFF. 
might change the way they do their hotel rooms. They might uh, switch it to more of how Anthrocon does theirs, which I don't know what all this entails. This is a rumor. So it could be anything from super sponsors get uh, first crack at the hotel rooms, or it could mean that there's a one-day deposit required for the hotel rooms. It could be both. It could be none because it's a rumor, and MFF has not confirmed nothing. Confirmed anything, not on their Twitter, not on their website. So that's just kind of a wait and see thing. I'm hoping they keep it the same. I'm hoping that's just a rumor. I'm not too big of a fan of how Anthrocon does it. I mean, it's nice in the sense of you got to be serious about buying the hotel room, but it really sucks if you do have to drop out last minute because a lot of people do end up doing that and dropping out last minute because of their job or whatever happens. I would love, honestly, this is just me, but I would really like if they made it so you did have to put a one night deposit on the hotel room and that's because i hear of so many people that like oh yeah each one of us all of my friends booked a hotel room just to make sure we got one and then they just hold on to that hotel room until the week before the con and then they just cancel it so it's just taking up a room that could be used for somebody else but now they have to you know get a room at one of the nearby hotels which is fine but it's never as good Right, when you're already planning ahead and you already know you're going to be there, it would kind of suck. I mean, like, at the same time, you could, if you hear the hotel rooms over there open up, you could always just book a hotel room there and cancel yours at the nearby hotel. Right, but, but it, it would just be easier if it you is, could. Right, so that would help change a lot of that, but at the same time, I mean... MFF rooms, I still feel like, are going to go, like, crazy anyway. They always do. They, they always really do. do. It's because everybody books their room. And I I do also hope that they continue moving more, continue to move more of the convention into the convention center. Because that'll free up a lot of the clutter in the hotel, in the Hyatt. I still feel like even if they did that, the main lobby walk-in area is still going to be the lobby in the Hyatt. I don't feel like that's going to change. No, it it probably would still be the main area, but I think making it in the convention center would still reduce a lot of the clutter. The lines could be a bit better over there, you know, just because there's more space to stand in line. I don't know, yeah. man. Line, line con. con 2020, man. Let's see <laughs> yeah, how the reds line, line is this year. <laughs> 2019 you're forgetting yeah, this 2019. year <laughs> <Whoops>. <laughs> right, wait yeah. until next year to go to mff again and um it it also makes it a little bit better if you can't get the hyatt so that way you know you don't have to walk through the whole hallway, Freaking of, hallway hell of hell <laughs> and that hot hallway or walk outside where it could be raining snowing or you just got a whole bunch of people walking around gotta wait for the traffic lights I just think it kind of spreads it out, makes it a little bit easier to get from A to B to C. Yeah. It would make it easier because, yeah, you're right, you don't have to walk nearly as far, but you still have to walk through the hallway of hell if you're not in the main hotel, no matter right. what. Right, <laughs> No matter what. But they they made it a lot better last year. They did make it a lot they better They actually turned on the AC yeah, units. Yeah, <laughs> And I, I do hope that this year they will uh, continue to do that and, you know, make it a bit better better yeah i'm hoping that that stays 
pretty much where it's at because they've pretty much gotten that down to a good temperature. <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially for suitors, you know. Yeah, like, I walking just, through a cool hallway is a lot better than walking through. I just you know, like I couldn't ninety degree. I couldn't even suit that first year we went because it was just too hot. I felt like I was sweating the second I was in there. And it was a long walk. And I had those heavy-ass paws because I put the freaking... Yeah. Oh, man. Those were the worst paws I've ever made in my life. (laughs) EVA foam. (laughs) And not an outdoor mat. (laughs) So. um, I do have... Some interesting news, actually, that I found. This is totally improvised, so here we go. Um, <laughs> uh, Sorry, Kitsune is opening their commissions this July. So that's really exciting. Oh, really? Yeah, Starry Kitsune is one of my personal favorite makers, but they're also quite the brand name makers themselves. They, they are pretty high-priced. They're pretty high-quality suit makers. We need to uh, tell Sakiki to jump on that one. Oh, I think she already is. Cause, oh, is she? Yeah, because Starry Kitsune's following her, and she's following them, and they were, uh, they've were they been talking back and forth. Oh, so. I didn't even know that. Yeah, that's part of why I'm freaking mad at her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, beat her oh, up. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe we're going to see Sakiki 2.0 as a, as a Starry uh, Sakiki Kitsune. Sakiki 5.0. <laughs> then Suit-wise. she'll change it again as soon as she gets the new suit. Right. <laughs> Poor Starry. <laughs> yeah, but that's pretty exciting that they're opening up. I believe Mischief Makers is also opening up sometime this year, but I need to double check that. It's kind of nice because Mischief Makers... Uh, this is kind of exciting news for some people. Uh, Mischief Makers has an Instagram account now. So Mischief is actually up and around, which is really cool. Did they used to just run off of their website? Yeah, was, they were just off the their website. Way? They okay. might have had a Twitter. I I don't know. I'm unfortunately not really into the whole Twitter scene. But, yeah, they're on Instagram now. And they post, like, fursuit tips and their work. And they've got p- pictures of Pepper thing. Okay, nice. What's, uh, what's their Instagram their handle? Give them a shout-out. They're Fluffy Mischiefs. Underscores, no, no underscores. No underscores. All no right, capitals. so if you like mischief makers and you want to follow them on Instagram, uh, look at uh, at fluffy mischief. Yeah, fluffy mischiefs. <laughs> mischiefs. Sorry. So yeah, I think they're at some point opening up commissions this year, but I'm not entirely sure. I could have sworn they put it on here somewhere, but maybe they didn't. <laughs> Again, this is totally <laughs> improvised in every form, shape, and way. <laughs> But, yeah, so Booster Makers is on there now, so that's pretty cool. Now we just need uh, more for less to get their butts yeah. on Instagram. But yeah, if you like fursuit makers, I, I got them fursuit makers. <laughs> yep, you, you definitely have a lot of the um, furry content creation i got media yeah down. i'm you follow a lot of that stuff i do that's why he demanded i find stuff to talk about on the news here so <laughs> i'm just his media slave yep yep that's exactly <laughs> what you are i mean most most of my material too is just like whatever i'm not great at this i'm <laughs> this is awful <laughs> 
Uh, let's see. We got back from MCFC a couple weekends ago, Motor City FurCon. Uh, that con went over pretty well. I think it was oh, really 1,600 attendees yeah. at the uh, brand new hotel, the uh, Weston Southfield Detroit. Uh, overall, I- I'd say things went pretty well with us in the new hotel. Um, we raised, I think it was just over $14,000 for the New Beginnings Charity, a charity that uh, helps cats in uh, shelters. So that's always a wonderful thing. Um, and uh, the popular furry scene about that, as I already previously mentioned, um, Majira made a shocking appearance along with Kiwi Fox. So um, Apparently the Majira thing wasn't really a surprise. I guess he actually had that listed in a post as one of his cons that he was attending this oh, year. Oh shoot, did he? So yeah, yeah. <laughs> Terrible I guess Majira that wasn't fan. such a surprise thing. <laughs> I'm not a great Majira fan. I just like his suit, honestly. I just think his suit's really pretty. His new one. But um, on top of that, we had a Pepper Coyote <laughs> Majira imposter running around. Yeah, Pepper <laughs> Coyote was wearing um, Majira, what was it, 2.0? Yeah, it was 2.0. Yeah, he was wearing Majira 2.0. But yeah, that, that was an interesting. That was a fun time. It was, if you saw a giant orange oxalotl looking thing, that was me walking around. That's called a wispin. Also, a slight bit of news. Due to some slight controversy, not really controversy, but contradictions, contradiction, confusion, the wisps have now been changed to wispins to alleviate some people uh, saying that it was taken from lore from somewhere else and just because a name is totally what you're branding. But anyway, they can still be called a wisp, but the official name is wispin, but the nickname is still permitted to be a wisp. Yep, they can be called Wisps for short, and Wispins is now the official canon name. We are going to have the species creator come up on here. Yep, hopefully. Soon, not I this believe one. on Friday we are going to have um, Mint or Pink Roo Studios. She should be on here. She's going to discuss uh, the Wispins, how she created them, why she created them, uh, kind of the intricacies, the do's and don'ts, and... So for those of you who did see us around yep. the con and you're like, holy crap, what is that? <laughs> Stick around for Friday to find out. <laughs> you're going to hear all about it. We're not axolotls. <laughs> we are not. Unfortunately for some of you guys. We kind of look like them. They're very I, similar. Yep. I don't blame anybody for thinking that's what we are. I don't but... either. It's just really funny that nobody, but again, I guess an artwork. Well, we had a few always... people, right. We had a few people that are like, whoa, what are you? But... Quite a lot of people were yeah. making the connection with Axolotl, but that's totally yep. understandable because the six antenna, but... Yeah, and you no, want to ax- connect it with something that's already <laughs> existing. But axolotls are amphibious creatures. We are mammalian insect things? I'll find out when Sparks talks yeah. or Mint talks to us. I don't even know what she considers it, but they got fur. That's all I know. <laughs> we're fluffy. So, we got, like, what, 30 minutes to just kind of... Yep. Um, <laughs> I see we have Ari and the Strawl in our Discord chat. If you guys want to type in the general chat, give us anything to talk about, we're definitely open to or that. Or ask questions. Yep, you can ask even ask questions. about the Wispins if you want. Go for it. Yep. You um, can ask. Rezzy and I 
or Luna, as her wispin name is. <laughs> we are official moderators of the species, so we are kind of like once we figure able out to answer <laughs> once some we questions. once we you know get the scoop of what everything actually is because she's still developing it. But right, right now they are a closed species. She is planning on opening them back up again after she gets everything all figured out. Yeah, and she's working on a community ref sheet, too, for everybody to make their own on, but primarily it's gonna stay closed until everything's figured out, but holy crap, though, that that TikTok scene, man, they're all about them wisps. Hi, I am a popular TikToker. <laughs> no shame. Did you hit 8,000 yet? 9,000. I'm already at 8,000. Oh, my. I've been over this already. <laughs> We went over it yesterday. I thought you were only at eight. No, like I told you that I'm like way oh over. <laughs> way over. I'm at 8,893 right now. Oh, really close. If you want to follow Rezzy on TikTok, her name is uh, at Rezzy underscore A underscore dog. That's uh, at Rezzy A dog on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> shameless plug. Shameless plug of my shameless channel. So... Let's see, is there anything you want to add? Anything you want to talk about before? I have a lot to talk about. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. I have so many medias. I can talk about everything right now. <laughs> um, let's see. I can talk about all the people that nobody on here probably care about. <laughs> <laughs> like, um... Let's see, Cybercat did a dance competition at MCFC. That was pretty cool. I like seeing Cybercat Who ended up winning the dance comp? Ah, that's a great question. I didn't you go. You have no idea. <laughs> well, I didn't go. Still, I figured it would be on social media or something. I thought it would be on YouTube by now, but honestly, I have not seen any videos of it anywhere. They're all over YouTube already. I've only seen Doing the Foxes, Cybercats, because they both posted theirs. That's about it. <laughs> I tried looking it up after the con, and there was nothing, so I should probably look that up again. But, yeah, I'm pretty uh, pretty on the cold front on that side. <laughs> You're normally all over the dance competition. Oh, I know. Normally I am, but, dude. We had something else going on, didn't we? No, what I think we it? were just suiting around at that point. I think we were just hecking around. Uh. But I just, I just said screw it. I just wanted a suit because we got our new suits, and I liked our new suits. So yes, definitely. <laughs> I just wanted to walk around and get pictures. So, oh boy, what else can I talk about? I had so much to talk about. Furry Amino is a thing. <laughs> um, yeah. If uh, for those of you who are my age and are like, what the hell is Furry Amino? <laughs> It's it's a new cool thing for the kids. It's not really that new. It, it's it's a completely SFW uh, social networking platform, I guess I would call it. Uh, the only reason why it's safe for work is because it's through Apple Store. Or the Apple... Oh my god, Apple Store? What the hell is Apple Store? The, <laughs> the App Store. <laughs> it's from the App Store. And unfortunately for iOS, you can't have anything 18 plus because I'm Steve sure Jobs, Team Amino would still want it SFW. I don't think they would nearly as much. Mo the main thing that they put in their rules about it is because of the whole iOS thing. Mm. 
Their main concern is because they don't want it taken down from the App Store. Uh, I think they would almost have to keep it SFW just because of I the feel amount like they'd of be, miners they They'd have be on way it. more lenient about it. Would be my that it would probably be more like a Tumblr based thing where like you could have more suggestive art, but or maybe even artistic nudity, but they probably wouldn't allow like full on sexual content. No, but I think, but I think they would be way more lenient about it, just as they would with gore and all that other crap. Because even gore is not allowed because it's too mature for the eye store. It's, it's, a, my, their main issue is that, so, yeah, with it comes a lot of issues. I'm actually a mod of two Aminos right now. So, I unfortunately am a slave to Team Aminos rules. <laughs> so, the whole thing is mainly Team Amino, but I know a lot of adults don't like it because of all that crap, but, and for some reason people seem to think that moderators can read PMs. That's one of my favorite complaints about Amino. As a moderator, I can tell you right now, no, we can't. <laughs> the only thing that we can read is if it's reported to us. So if you've been caught from doing naughty PMs, someone reported you. <laughs> Fun fact. Because all we can see is the message and messages around what was reported. So, fun fact. Someone betrayed you. <laughs> but... Other than that, it's a great social platform. I'm not going to lie. I've met some adult friends on there, too. Like, Mint. Pink Crew Studios. The person who made the Wispins. <laughs> she's from Amino, so... She's pretty cool. She's pretty cool. But, yeah. I highly recommend Free Amino for anybody who doesn't mind not, not seeing NSFW art or anything like that. And, like, follows rules and doesn't yeah if, if you want to be a rebel though go to fa honestly just go to fa <laughs> although oh this is actually kind of a bit of maybe news i don't know how recent this is but fa has since banned all like cub relating porn from their platform oh right i remember this coming up yeah i think it was because i was reading the guidelines and i saw that in there and i was like oh <laughs> that's interesting so, I don't know how long that's been a thing. I know Discord also banned it for a while. I don't know if that's been unbanned, but... Uh, Discord went through, like, a yes and no phase about it. At first, it was banned, but then some people were talking to Discord, and they got in contact with somebody, and they were like, you know, it's drawn, it doesn't really fall into our guidelines, so Cub and other fictional minor... Minor pornography. Uh, minor pornography is allowed, but then a week or two later, they came back and said, nope, that is definitely not okay. So as of right now, I believe it is banned in Discord. And I really don't blame them. Like, I do I do not either. That's... It, honestly, Cub has always been like a gray area for me. Like You can express yourself however you want in art, but when it crosses that age threshold, it gets really uncomfortable for me. But at least it's art, and that's all I'm going to say about it, is thank God it's just art, and you're not actually doing that kind of stuff. Please don't do that kind of stuff. <laughs> the one that I'm surprised to hear about, though, is F.A., because they are a very NSFW and, like, kink fetish-centric Right, that's why I was website. just as shocked. I was just as shocked when I saw that, because, yeah, you're right. A lot of what they do is centered around that artistic freedom, 
But I was shocked that when I read the guidelines, and yeah, they ban all art of anybody who is meant to be an underage character that is pornographic in nature. I'm I'm interested to see how that goes. Actually, I might. Let, let's do a live lookup right now. Yeah, he's and, gonna uh, he's gonna take a look here. Yeah, I don't think you're gonna. I mean, you're probably still find like safe for work, but I don't think you're gonna find a lot of let's like. Let's see if there's anything in adult. There. People that are specifying this is not Cub. <laughs> yeah, he really can't find a lot of it. There's like none of it. Yeah, no, if, uh, well, yeah, that That's probably going to be taken down. A lot of these are probably like recent. But yeah, quite a lot of the older stuff that I'm yeah, seeing on here is it pretty looks much like gone. A lot of it is, is yeah, gone. Yeah, it's gone. But now you see that. This is also, too, a weird thing is. With banning Cub, I feel like you might be banning a couple other things indirectly, or at least maybe harming them, because I know, like, mean? diaper was a, oh. some of it, age play was kind of well, a thing Well, if you're well. drawing age play, normally you'd be drawing an adult acting like a child, if that makes any sense. Okay, yeah, yeah, like an if adult you were, in a diaper. Right, an adult in a diaper. Or if you're into a diaper fetish, you're gonna draw your character in a right. diaper, you're not gonna draw them as a cub in a diaper. Which, again, I'm still not into that shit, but <laughs> I don't see the problem with people who are into that shit, but I, I, I have a minor issue with people that are into Cub, because that just crosses that area of, you don't seem to understand the threshold of being an adult. I've just heard a lot of issues with baby furs and actual instances, like, don't want to name names, but somebody... Particularly from our city, <laughs> who got in prison for that, turned out to be a baby fur. So, and then somebody I know personally that's also a baby fur, and, well, I don't want to say I know him personally, I just want to say that I know him, because I'm definitely not friends with him in any way, but I do know he's talked very inappropriately to my minor friends. So, my issue with that is people just not understanding the difference between needing to be an adult and that kind of content just seems to kind of go hand in hand I've noticed so a lot of that is my issue with it lately so I'm just I'm uncomfortable with it but obviously it's not something I willingly look up I mean I'm no not no. into it but I'm I'm interested though to see that FA took that off I'm really surpri surprised surprised I'm surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Turning into a baby fur over here. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just shocked by that. So I thought that would be a pretty little interesting bit of news for those of you who don't know that. Yeah, FA took off anything that has to do with sexual content in minors. You can still have like underage characters, you just can't draw them in pornographic situations anymore. So yeah, I feel like the threshold between pornographic art and minors is starting to change. So I know that usually it's not illegal for that, but I feel like too many correlations have been happening that I feel like eventually the law is going to start catching on to that. So, yeah, I just... uh thought that I'd throw that in there. Shh, doopy doop doop. So, 
Again, not that I personally have a problem with people that are into that sort of thing. It's just uncomfortable for me. Yeah, I I definitely think a lot of people, especially the younger crowd, are kind of trying to push the furry community into going more into a safe for work, a family friendly area. Yeah. Not necessarily push out and get rid of everything NSFW. I know some people want that, which is fine. I know a lot of the NSFW people also want the exact opposite, which everybody do them, but well, see, everybody also needs to get along. And I'm actually going to quote somebody here. I'm actually going to be quoting Cybercat because she actually put it probably one of the best ways that I've seen. Um, the way she described it was, oh my God, I really wish I still had it. <laughs> it was in her story, so I think it's gone now, but it was like a... Not even a day ago, so maybe it's still there. I'm going to see if it's still there first. If it's not, then I'm just going to try to summarize it. The Oh, crap. I accidentally just entered in a live stream. I'm going to try to summarize it the absolute best way that I can if I can't. Oh, my God. Me, stop. <laughs> um, if I can't figure this out here. Yeah, I don't think that I can find it again. Okay, so the best way that she described it that I've seen is... She's in the fandom for more NSFW reasons. Like, it's not it's not a secret she's a Mercator. It's posted all over her content. But the way that she described it is, even though she's in it for that reasons, she knows that the bulk of it is family-friendly, and she has no problems with that. But it's when people try to change what she wants to do in the fandom that pisses her off. Because there's no reason to make the entire fandom one way for everybody. When it's such an umbrella that we can have it be here for any particular reason we want. You have people that want it only for sexual reasons. You have people that want it for safe for work reasons. And then maybe you have people who flip-flop. You might have people that like the NSFW side of the community... But they also know when to turn that side off, and they like to just enjoy the safer work side of the community. But now, do you think the more um, not safe for work side should be under, or not under, but more behind closed doors? So that way we could maybe start getting rid of that stigma of, oh, furry is a kink, furry is a fetish. You just yes go and around no. And... I have a yes and no about this, and the reason why is because kinks and fetishes in general should be behind a closed door. Like, there's no reason to be up and about screaming from the top of your lungs that you're a mersuiter or I like fetish art or any of that. I mean, you can tell people that you know well, but there's no reason necessarily to post it all over your profiles. But if that's what you want to do, go for it. But I don't think it's necessary to do that, if that makes any sense. Like, you don't see regular people that are just like, I like BDSM and running around in their BDSM gears and stuff like that. So I just don't see why we necessarily need to do that as a furry, if that makes sense. <laughs> but um, overall... Um, yeah, definitely being more pushed into family-friendly. I mean, even most conventions are pretty much family-friendly at this point. Even Motor City is pretty family-friendly, despite all the alcohol. I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, like, you don't walk into Motor City and you don't see a bunch of people grinding on each other like FWA, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, I mean, that, that was just an incident. 
I know it's just it, an incident. It's not the cons' fault. It's not the. I just wanted yeah. to throw that out there. Like that's an example of right. what's not allowed in the con space and why those people got in trouble. Right. <laughs> so because the people got in trouble. Be interesting to see what happens this year at FWA. I if know. That, right? uh, if that comes back up again. Right. It's just gonna be more of them. <laughs> <coughs> But no, like, cons in general have a pretty safe-for-work tone to them. But if you dig deep enough, you can find, like, the Mercy Parties. And you can find the NSFW artists there. Or you can find it if you well, look. Well, I mean, the NSFW artists, like, you go into the dealers then, and they're, they are pretty out there. They're pretty right? out there, but they're still, especially at, like, MFF, they're required to have a folder or something in front of the art that yeah. says NSFW. Yeah. So you have to physically walk up there, open that book, and right. go through it. Right. Nobody is, like, putting it out on you display. You can very, you, you can display the, like, very suggestive stuff, though. Like, you can play Like, the like mouse suggestive. pads that have, like, the giant boobs on them. Right, you can display suggestive, but suggestive isn't as bad as full-on pornography. You're right. You can view artistic nudity when you're, like, 13. That's totally legal. You can look at that. You can look at a pair of boobs and go, oh, those are boobs, but you can't look at a pair of boobs that got, like, freaking chocolate sauce or some shit all over it. You know what I mean? Like, there's, there's the borderline between appreciating a body and... Heck in a body. <laughs> Heck in a body. Heck in a body. So, <laughs> no, I think most cons in general have a pretty safe for work tone to them. Some of them have 18 plus, like, panels. Right. But they're discussion-based. They're not actually taking off their pants and doing the hecky heck, you know what I mean? The so, hecky heck. The hecky heck. So, like, there's kink discussion panels, but that's what they are. Kink discussion panels. They're not... Let's do our kinks panels. <laughs> so, in general, it's pretty much an all safe for work tone at conventions already. So, I don't really see any reason why much change really else. Oh my god, that's a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Was it? I don't really see why much other change needs to be done. As long as our conventions are pretty family friendly. I don't really think anything else really needs to be done. As long as your 18 plus Twitter accounts are hidden behind the 18 plus filter and you're putting the right filters on your artwork on FA and you're not just blatantly exposing stuff to minors and you want to talk to your friends about your kinks, go for it. Just don't run down a convention hallway screaming, I'm a baby fur because I don't freaking care. <laughs> So, if that you know, makes but, sense. But then that goes into what is and what's not acceptable to wear at a convention. Because a lot of people wear the pup gear. A right. lot of people, yeah. a lot of fursuiters especially wear harnesses. And see, the and harnesses... And I know some people wear, like, um, undies, boxers, diapers. Okay, so first off, I've never seen diapers on anybody's you, person. Really? No. I, I definitely have it. I've you have? Oh, yeah. Was it before I was there? Because I don't recall that at our conventions. Um, I don't remember any in 2018. I saw them in 2016 and 2017. Did you? I didn't yes. see any diapers. Okay, well, 
Um, diapers are definitely not something I want to see on anybody in public. <laughs> I'm I, not I think lie. pretty much all of us can agree on that. Yeah, one. like please keep your diapers on the inside of your underwear. Um, underwear and fursuits, I can say the same thing for. I'm not that into that. <laughs> that makes sense. I think if you're wearing it, you're probably you're either a it trying to get suggestive. attention to something, or yeah. b you are either hiding. Right, but there's also like there's that. also that rule of thumb though at every convention that after nine a.m. You can wear more risque stuff. 9 p.m. You mean? Did I say 9 a.m.? You did say 9 a.m. <laughs> 9 p.m. <laughs> After 9 p.m., um, you're allowed to wear more risque stuff. Like the horse fursuiter that had the large bazunga zungas right. was told to uh, stay away from the con floor until 9 o'clock because she was too suggestive looking. Which, honestly, yeah, it was pretty darn suggestive looking. I don't think anybody can deny that, but. Um, it kind of goes along with that. You don't really see a lot of, like, the underwear or... You see harnesses, yeah, but harnesses on a full suit are generally meant to be more of an aesthetic. Not everybody's wearing them for a kink reason. I know, but then... Like, I know What, what if I just one. wanted to go out and wear a harness? And there are some people that go out and wear harnesses. But a lot of people also view the harnesses as part of, like, a BDSM and a fetish. See, though, and if it was for BDSM and a fetish, then you would be using it for BDSM and a fetish right now. You wouldn't be wearing it just to wear it. <laughs> like, if you were wearing it and you had, like, a leash that was, like, going down, it's, like, dripping gravy and it's, like, in my hand. Like, yeah, that looks really fetish-like. But if you're just wearing a harness to wear a harness, like, cool, you're wearing a harness. I think they're cute, honestly. They're very cute aesthetic. I mean, telephones worn them before. To me, personally, especially for full suitors, they're really cute and they make a great badge holder. And same with collars. Like, Rezzy, my main persona, when I get her head done, she's gonna have a red collar. But it's not for a sexual reason. It just helps fit her aesthetic more. It was part of her character design and I wanted to include it in her design, so... But it's definitely not. And there's some people, too, that do, like, the muzzle harnesses on their suits. I don't know if you've ever seen the muzzle harnesses. Yep. But those are starting to trend now lately, too. And, I again, I think it's just aesthetic. It's just cute. But even if you are, even if you are wearing that kind of gear, as long as you're not physically doing anything with it, it doesn't really bother me so much. Like, the pup gear you mentioned. Um, there are people who wear pup gear for aesthetic. There are a lot of people that just wear it for the aesthetic of it. They don't really wear it for the kink reasons. Or, you know, it, it's also just like the furry community. It's not inherently a kink. Some people yeah. just want to um, act like a dog. Honestly, it did start off heavily as a kink, but so did the furry fandom. I was about to say that. So did the furry fandom. fandom. It started off very heavily as a kink. It really did. For anybody who says it doesn't, trust me, it did. <laughs> I've seen a lot of the photos... The episode of CSI actually isn't completely lying because, yes, we used to have furry strip shows. We had all that kind of crap that they were showing in, except for the fur. I mean, sure, maybe there were fur files. I don't know, but we did used to have, like, furry strip shows and more risque things like that that we just don't have anymore because obvious reasons. They had, like, the pet auction. That was a thing. <laughs> where you literally, it's exactly what it sounds like, so... Like, we had more risque events at one point, but we've gotten better. And similarly, I think the pup community... Com oh my god, I can't talk. The pup community is honestly getting to that same point. No. <laughs> the pup community is honestly getting to that same point. 
It's getting to that same point because we have people now who like with fursuits, they just like the aesthetic of it. They like the look of it. Um, there's showtails now, which if you don't know what the difference between a showtail and a playtail is, God help you. No, a showtail is like ones that are usually around the belt loop and they just kind of wobble. A showtail is, or a playtail is like the sexual tail. Um, but if people want to walk around in their pup play gear, honestly, it doesn't bother me because I do actually know quite a lot of people who like pup play, but for a safer work side of it. Because for a lot of people, it's just an escapism sort of thing. Kind of like the furry fandom where they can just let go of their worries and have somebody else, which is their quote-unquote owner, um, take care of them, basically. So all of your responsibilities just kind of fall away. Um, this is just from my research of it. I actually like to research things before I blindly judge them personally. So I did at first, though, think that pup play was like, what in the hell is this? <laughs> But after actually doing research on it, I got more of an understanding of it based off of being a furry. But no, watching them walk around at cons really doesn't bother me at all because I know that some people just like the aesthetic. They just like the look of it. And as long as they're not doing the stuff the pups at FWA did, there's them pups again. No, um, it really doesn't bother me. But <clears throat> there are some cons though that have banned pup play gear. I think Anthrocon doesn't allow them until after nine. I think Anthrocon does that. I'm not 100% on that, but in, like, a lot of the news broadcasts and stuff from AC, you, like, never see them. They're in none of them. I know Anthrocon is probably, like, the most safe for work yeah, convention you can probably Yeah, they pride themselves on yep. being the most safe for work. Uncle Kage is very, very, um... He wants to be very family-friendly. He just wants to be family-friendly is really yep. what it is. He wants a family-friendly con. He wants to show the media that there can be a family-friendly side of this community. Yep, like a, a couple <coughs> of years ago, back when uh, they didn't allow to the Griffin to, to host the his panel. Griffin. I was so upset. Yep. Um, do they even allow After Dark panels anymore? I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. I would assume that after they took down two that, no, I don't think they do. I was pretty disappointed, though, when they took it down, too, because one of the things that I used to watch before I even, like, considered myself a furry, I always watched To the Ranting Griffin. I loved his panels. So when I actually became a furry and I was getting ready to go to my first con, one of the first things I thought was, yes, I'm going to go see To the Ranting Griffin. And then literally the same year that I joined, hey, Two is, like, gone now forever. <laughs> Good luck. And yeah, I'm like, he did oh, my much, God. He pretty much disappeared. After that happened, um, he still he? he still runs his YouTube. He's got a YouTube, but it's not the same as his comedy shows. Was Anthrocon <laughs> the only con that he did? Did I he think... not do like MFF? I'm guessing or anything else. I, I'm guessing because I seriously haven't heard him performing at any other convention. But I really liked his comedy shows. I was all about them comedy shows. I really was. I loved his comedy shows, but it was really disappointing to hear that Kage pulled the plug on him. I know that he wasn't mad at Kage or anything, but... No, I, people were mad on his behalf, yeah, they which were I don't think him. anybody has the right to do, really, mm. because if if he's not mad, right. then if you he's not shouldn't mad, be mad. Yeah, if he's not mad, then nobody else really should be mad for him, but I think that also a lot of it was they're like me, and they were just They wanted they, to go see him. Right, they wanted to see him, and they can't see him anymore, so... But overall... No, I, I don't think that the community is going to 
basically divide even further between the two sides. Even a lot of the safer work furries will still love and accept the NSFW furries. Like, they'll be like, oh, hey, you exist, but whatever. It's no skin off my bones. But there are some safer work furries that I've met that go way over the top. Like, way over the top into, like, harassing the NSFW furries for what they like and what they like to do. And there is definitely that that exists. But I feel like as people age in the community, they're going to just stop caring. <laughs> Eventually, they're just going to get over it. But for the people that like both sides of the community and like the best be the best of both worlds, god dang it. The people who like the best of both worlds um, is probably going to find it kind of hard to make friends on either front, really. Because on one end, you have the safer work chats and the safer work friends. But then you have those issues with some of those friends that don't like the NSFW furries. And it's like, crap, what do I do? Because I'm also part of the NSFW crowd. So it can be really hard to be a part of both worlds in that regard. But... Really, it's just a matter of finding proper friends that don't really care what you personally like to do. So. That's really my whole take on the whole NSFW versus Safer Work. But really, the cons, the cons in general, they know what they're doing. And they handle it how they handle it. So. Right. That's what I got. <laughs> Alright, we are rounding up on an hour here. Is there a... Uh... Any closing thoughts and closing statements you want to say? Um, don't be an asshole to NSFW furries if you're a safer work furry. <laughs> also, vice versa. Yeah, if you're don't be NSFW. Yeah. Don't be one of those people that minors shouldn't be allowed in yeah, the community. That one, yeah, that one's honestly really big bullshit. So yeah, don't be an asshole to minors. Don't be an asshole to people that are safer work. Just freaking accept that each other's exist. <laughs> yep. All right, and with that, I think we are going to end the show. Bye. I did terrible. <laughs> oh, you you weren't that bad. <laughs>